You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. is brought to you by Penji. I'm your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Mac Frederick on the show. He's from Phone Repair Philly and Momentum Digital. Mac currently serving as the founder and CEO of Momentum Digital, that of which he started with his co-founder in August of 2015 after leaving Google. Over the last three years, Mac was able to scale the agency from two people to 10 people and has worked with hundreds of small businesses. His entire mission is to prove digital momentum to small local businesses who need it most. And it perfectly ties into his other business, which is Phone Repair Philly, where he also owns this organization and is rated the best phone repair shop by Philly Magazine. He uses Phone Repair Philly to showcase his digital skills around SEO, PPC, and everything momentum offers to small business owners. He started this company in 2015 with $1,000 and grew it to now four locations and 6,000% in 36 months. And he's also about to launch his fifth location, which kudos and congratulations to you, Mac. Mac and I met when literally Penji first started. He was one of our first customers, believe it or not, when this whole thing was just an idea. He's a great dude, love his entrepreneurial spirit, awesome, awesome guy. And some of the highlights of this episode for me was in particular when we go into the basics of local SEO. Uh, Mac does a great job just diving into the basics and and, and just the, the ground level type of stuff that we all need to know and be made aware of. Mac also shares a specific example about how local SEO helped his phone repair business into five locations, as mentioned. And the most interesting part, in my eyes, was when we talked about the future of retail and how systems and processes will shape the way retail is being done and how Mac and his business in particular are using these systems to use current office spaces to help his customers. So really cool stuff. But let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's penji.co. P-E-N-J-I dot C-O and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Mac, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So before we get into the hard-hitting questions, uh, we have to lay the foundation as to why you are a qualified expert to talk about this topic. So let's talk about why you are the most qualified to talk about local SEO. All right. I don't necessarily know if I'm most qualified, but I definitely believe I'm qualified. And it's something that, you know, I've been given the opportunity to speak about at different conferences related to like local 
small business or, you know, repair uh, conferences. And I guess why I'd be qualified is after graduating, I worked at Google for about a year and a half, specifically in their AdWords department. But um, I was learning all about SEO and local SEO, just having a small business of my own, which was a small local repair shop. And so I would use that experience and that knowledge and actually combine it into practice with ranking my small local repair business uh, highest on Google. And so over time, I would just learn more about it and blog about it and write about it and talk about it. And it's just something that I'm passionate about and I think is really pivotal pivotal for every small business. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm going to... I may be missing out on the numbers here, but there was a uh, article written about your business, um, the the phone repair company, where you increased your revenue by like twenty five hundred percent or something like that in a couple of years. Again, you might know the numbers better than I do, but um, I was intrigued and I was curious to see was a lot of that due to local SEO. Uh, and so, if I could ask the first question, why is local SEO so important to business? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a blog on that as far as growing my repair business 5,000%. 5,000, okay. I knew there was a five in it. <laughs> yeah, within 18 months. In, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but most of my credit I'm going to have to give to local SEO, specifically ranking extremely high in the local map pack and organic uh, web results with Google. Uh, just putting in a lot of time and work and playing the system right. But, you know, that was over an 18-month period with Phone Repair Philly after moving to Philadelphia from Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I was working for Google and really just hitting the reset button. But I guess to answer your question, you know, why is it so important? Well, I can't think of any other better method for a small, specifically, service business owner to getting free organic unadulterated traffic leading to new business except for google search and ranking high locally organically so let's go through the process a little bit because local seo to a large majority of people is kind of just everyday wording they hear the words they know they need to do it but they don't necessarily know maybe the right steps and so my understanding um of local seo are citations and um getting your name out there and letting them know where you're located and the more places that you have available to you that you're able to place your address that's going to help you with local seo is that not the case and can you expand on what local seo actually is and how to rank higher up um locally yeah, there's a lot of different factors that play into it, and citations is definitely one of them. Um, you'll have, first and foremost, you have to start with Google My Business, which, like, that is where you set up and create your business listing with Google. And, you know, you can just type in a Google search, Google My Business, and you need to have an account set up with Google. And you know, obviously have your business set up first, meaning, okay, what is your business? What do you do? Like, make sure you're an actual business. And, and so a lot of people listening 
or people that I talk to are business owners and they need to increase their organic search traffic locally and already do have a business, but some of them don't even have a Google My Business account. So you set that up and that itself has changed a lot just within recent years. You know, they took away uh, the descriptions, they took away the services, they added them both back, they made it social, there's now a follower uh, component to it, which they just released. There's a lot of things that they're always doing with Google My Business, but that's your starting point. And from there, you need to make sure that you also have your business and your business website. Uh, your business website is another key component, you know, how you're, you know, optimizing your metadata and your keywords and your content locally. And then you have your directories, then you have your local listings and citations. And then there's other factors that play into it as well, such as like social bookmarking and even backlinking to a degree. So there's a lot of social signals and uh, directory and citation signals that point to it. But uh, there's some other things we can get into as well, such as syndication sources. And yeah, let's get to it. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear the syndication sources. I would also love to hear the following update that you've, uh, that you may have researched. Oh, dude, we'll talk about that first. Cause it's, it's something I've been uh, researching more into uh, specifically as, as being a digital marketing agency owner with momentum, it, it's like there's certain things you, we have to stay up to date on. You know, you're staying up to date with everything, you know, software and design re related. And I'm trying to stay up to everything to date with, uh, you know, local SEO and uh, pay-per-click like Google AdWords related. But uh, most people resort to using pay-per-click like Google search ad marketing because they don't figure out the local SEO part of it. And so by understanding the local SEO and also understanding the pay-per-click marketing, you can really just dominate local search results, which is what I was able to do with Phone Repair Philly and is literally the backbone to me having a successful company with that. I'm, I'm in no means an operator. I, I like to say I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm more on the marketing end and, and sales end. Uh, having you know, the marketing figured out with the SEO allows you to bring in the new business and convert customers and make money. So first and foremost, you know, businesses listening, if you can figure out the local SEO and, and hopefully through listening to this podcast, your chances of success are just so much higher. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's interesting. So when you're going through the locality, right? I search for locality means if I'm in Philadelphia and I search for digital marketing agency, which by the way, for the very, for the most part of the research that I've done uh, about you and, and your, your business, your company ranks pretty damn high for the locality end. Now I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, is local SEO primarily used for retail purposes? Or is it also important for service-based businesses as well? Uh, both, both. Uh, I'd say even more so the service-based businesses because in most cases, they don't have a brick and mortar or a storefront or any sort of other visibility. And it's funny, you know, we're talking about retail versus service-based and service-based Usually, you know, maybe you work out of a, of a garage or a house or you don't even really have a physical presence. And so what do you do in that case to get traffic and, and to grow your business? Well, you know, traditionally, 
a lot of these companies are resorting to hiring a marketing agency because they don't know, they know that they need to get business from online, uh, you know, but talking with a lot of old school owners, you know, they're still doing print, they're still doing radio, they're still doing billboard, they're still doing all these traditional things that, you know, millennials, we don't care about, we don't watch, we don't use. And, you know, you start throwing digital marketing with SEO and pay-per-click and social ads and all that, you know, it's a whole new component for them. So service-based versus retail, you know, I actually built my first phone repair company and location out of an office space, which is uh, an interesting topic we can get into after after these questions. But essentially, if you're a service-based business, people are looking for local-based searches and more and more people are looking from their smartphones. And so you'll have the ads and then you'll have the organic map pack. And so if you can rank above your competition there, service-based businesses just want phone calls. Whereas retail, I mean, they're looking for a lot of walk-by, drive-by, you know, walk-in traffic. Right. And so if you can rank at the top of map pack, from you know location-based service-oriented uh, search results, then you're actually doing yourself such a service in getting more phone calls because it's almost up to like 70% of searches now are coming from mobile, and you know over 80% of those people look up that location of a business on Google Maps and then call them directly from there. And, you know, nobody's ever going past the first page and most people aren't even going past the map pack search results, uh, which are usually three or four results. Right. And so by showing up in those results as a service-based business, you're almost guaranteeing yourself a phone call if everything else looks right and is optimized, such as like your reviews and your pictures and you just seem legit. So I'm curious and we can get into the, the whole phone repair Philly um, aspect to it, but I guess if you could map pack, just give a quick uh, explanation of what that is. And then after you do that, um, something that I'm personally curious about is we'll use your example for, for this. Uh, we'll use your life, um, your business as, as the example. You have Phone Repair Philly as the name of the business but you want people to not, you want your business to be found for not only Android screen repair, but also iPhone screen repair. Two completely different keywords, but they all fit into the same category as phone. Right. I'm curious to hear, after you explain what MapPack is, how you're able to actually get both keywords affiliated with your one brand. That's a good question. And a lot of people, you know, from previous blogs, I forget uh, which Google update, algorithm update it was. It was either Penguin or Hubbing, Hummingbird where they're talking about don't use keyword-based branded business names because Google's going to ding you for it. Well, are they going to ding you for it when Google's whole, you know, core business of search is providing users with the most relevant, accurate, and up-to-date up results? For the user, no, they're not going to ding you for it. So, um, you know, it's it can be frowned upon. But to answer your question, the map pack itself, uh, if you were just to do a local search, which almost fifty percent of all searches are local intent based, uh, I think it's like forty six percent or so are local intent searches. And so, with that local search, there's some sort of 
synonymous uh, means either they're they're typing in a an actual city or zip code or near me or if they're using their smart uh, smartphone Google's gonna understand you know they no longer need to type in near me anymore it's it's just automatically if it's a local intent search gonna show up near them and so with that the map pack itself that's where you actually see the business name and the phone number and you can click to call for directions or click to go up to Google Maps um, or just give them a call or check out that business listing and so there's usually three or four different results there and whoever dominates those results you know they're getting I think almost almost 90% just like with the first page itself right. of, uh, of those results yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's so powerful, and and something that I'm curious about as well. Again, just after doing research, is the service area, right? So if I'm in Philadelphia, we'll we'll continue using Philadelphia. If I'm in Chicago, how do you know how large the service area is? Because if I'm in, I'm trying to give an example where people might, if I'm in if I'm in New York and I'm searching for New York, or sorry, if I'm trying to find a business in New York, but I'm in Brooklyn, that may not, the business may not extend all the way to New York. You know, if I'm in Brooklyn trying to search for a dentist or whatever it may, whatever the example is, how far does that service area extend to where you're completely out of range? That's a good question. So an update about a year and a half ago that I wasn't super thrilled about that caused I'd say almost like 25% decrease in traffic locally for for my brands my my um, organic local search results was where Google made the local search results specifically in the map pack hyper local meaning they would actually prioritize ranking a business in the map pack that was in a closer geographical physical location to that user's smartphone search query um, in relation to putting a business that's further away that's more credible and has higher SEO. So mm -hmm. Google really focused on, and, it, and it's all based on the users. It's based on the users because Google's always going to want to do or, or provide the results leading to the best, you know, customer success, customer happiness, meaning, I mean, in this day and age with uh, the Uber Eats and everything in the world, you know, we want things and we want them fast, we want them local, we don't want to have to travel far. So they started prioritizing uh, hyper-local instead of, you know, I guess the, the best um, provider. And so that was about a 25% decrease in, in some of my um, local listing uh, analytics that I was seeing. but. Yeah, to, to answer your question, it's gone more hyper-local. So if you're in Brooklyn searching for a dentist and you search, um, you know, uh, dentist, it's going to show you in Brooklyn. Right. It, it's going to use your location-based search, uh, especially if you use dentist near me, which you don't need to. But if you search dentist New York City, it's actually going to give you a hybrid result because it's going to pull in your local like the best it's probably going to pull in like the best one locally first like if there's a really high ranking organic result in brooklyn 
but it's also probably going to pull in one or two in the map pack that's like the the best in new york city itself yeah yeah that makes complete sense so getting to that point the best in that area you mentioned a, a couple of things today but I, i'm curious to hear your take on reviews and if you have any thoughts on google reviews and if you do would love to hear some ways that you would recommend that we can get more reviews on our Google listing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, reviews when I, when I started with local SEO, that was the name of the game because there were very few ways to optimize your, you know, Google my business listing other than the reviews, especially when they took off like the services descriptions. Um, you know, they had limitations on Google my business and the optimizations there. Google just wants you to use their platform just as anybody does, you know, Facebook, um, Twitter, they all want you to use their platform as it's most and best intended. So the more you use their platform, uh, the more you're on that platform, the more they're going to reward you for it. But, you know, before they started adding a lot of bells and whistles to Google my business, they had, uh, they had the um, Google reviews in which, a couple different ways. So we usually incentivize customers to leave us a review, say, you know, Hey, if you were happy, you know, leave us a review, always asking them or like, you know, have a sign in the store. It's different for retail and, and service-based businesses. You know, you can do things like that. A lot of people like truly incentivize their customers by, by giving them a deal or a discount if they write a review, which is frowned upon. It, it's not necessarily illegal, um, you know, by Google standards or any means. Um, but other ways, is to sort of automate it in your responses. So if you have follow-up responses with customers, if you wanna leave some sort of emoticon in your signature, if you wanna have links on your website, if you wanna follow up with customer success surveys, uh, you can always attach something related to leaving a review. And you know those, those companies with reviews are getting about 76% um, higher engagement and traffic than those without. Mm. Interesting. That's really interesting. And so you have four, how many locations do you have for phone repair? Four, but we might be buying a fifth soon. That's awesome. And so do you feel as if that like the amount of locations that you have locally is, is allowing you to dominate at least a local SEO game? Because I'm assuming that it's, they're all relatively close to Philly, right? Yeah, it's almost like this, Yeah, it's almost like the Starbucks approach because if you're going hyper local, you can do that and you will be competing with yourself and cannibalizing to some extent. But, you know, so do the McDonald's and the Starbucks of the world, but in doing so, you're also building like brand loyalty and brand trust and we're just trying to take over the local market and nobody's really been able to do it in Philadelphia, especially in the city. And there's a couple key reasons behind that. Um, which is the one point I wanted to make around like using an office space instead of retail space. Uh, I'm actually going to be building out an entire course for how to start a local service repair business um, on a shoestring budget as you know, one of those Ty Lopez, Sam Ovens type of courses where people can pay and like pretty much build their business off the backbone of the, the academy. Mm. But essentially, if I were to start a retail phone repair store, let's say it's a thousand square feet in center city, Philadelphia, 
where I'm located at 15th and Walnut inside that WeWork office, I'd be paying upwards of, you know, $40,000, $50,000 a month for a hundred, for a thousand square feet. Yeah. 40 to 50,000 per month. And we wouldn't even make that in a month. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we dominate the local listings, SEO and digital marketing around having that local listing and that local presence. But then when they find us, we have it set up in an office and we treat it as you would a doctor or a dentist or anything like that, where they just schedule, they check in, they come inside, they get a nice experience. Um, there's not as much of a retail feel where we're pushing all these accessories and, and all the, the, the different things that a lot of retail do, which if consumers are shopping in this day and age, they're just going to go to Amazon anyways. So, you know, we're dominating the, the local listing, local search market in order to have higher profit margins in a heavily dense populated area where we can drive more demand and traffic. Interesting. I mean, that, that opens up like a hundred other questions, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, because the non-traditional retail approach, I mean, you have to adapt, right? Because if you're not adapting, then you're just, you're going to be left in the dust. And from the sound of it, cause I didn't know that that was your approach that you're completely changing the game of retail. Would you say that's the case? You're going to see retail dying over the next couple of years. I mean, real estate in the market and the economy as a whole is, is going to take an interesting uh, um, downward shift. Not, not nearly as bad as a decade ago, but you're going to see retail itself with the emergence of e-commerce. Uh, they're really going to have to adapt. And so we wanted to adapt early. You know, my goals on expansion are around the model that I just explained and, because if you go into a WeWork or a co-working space or an office space, you don't have to sign a long-term lease. You don't have to do a whole build out. You don't usually in many cases have to pay for triple net uh, taxes. Um, you don't even have to like set up your own Wi-Fi, you know, router, all these different things. It, the, the amenities are built in and packaged in for you. And so you're cutting down on all these long-term risks, all these long-term expenses. And, and really you can build this out on a shoestring budget and just focus on the digital marketing to drive that traffic leading to that revenue and that profit. Hmm. That's awesome. That is a great, great approach. Um, and you can do this in so many other ways. You kind of just have to be creative in order to do it. Um, kudos for you for, you know, for, for, for figuring that out. That is, that is absolutely huge. Um, I do have a couple of other questions. Um, two more in, in particular as we wrap the conversation up. And this is just more so out of curiosity uh, about the man that, that you are because you do some really cool stuff, not only from a digital marketing perspective, but also from a social good perspective. And the first one in particular isn't necessarily about that. And, and I don't think I've ever thrown anybody under the bus more than what I'm about to do to you right now. But <laughs> Um, but I read, I read the article, it was about, it was a 2016 article that you wrote and it was about the American dream. And I don't know if you, do you recall that, that article? Yeah, it was one of my first articles. Yeah. So I read it and I was like, you know, there's some interesting points here, but I'm really curious to hear your take. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that blog in particular and, two years into a new political regime. I'm curious to hear your thoughts now about the American dream today than what it was two years ago. 
Uh, I think the American dream now, it, it's more powerful now than ever before with, uh, you know, everything involving social media, social awareness, digital marketing. Everybody has all this access to information and opportunity at their finger, fingertips with a smartphone. So you have these millennial entrepreneurs who can build a business off of Instagram. You can have people who can start a Shopify store overnight. You're going to see less and less VC and angel capital going to these bigger startups and more small round investments going to these small business entrepreneurs that are building businesses overnight using technology. So the American dream and entrepreneurship and in general is changing and it's, it's growing and it's becoming more powerful due to technology specifically through smartphones um, and the access to technology, social impact uh, and everything that we can do with just a couple clicks of a button. And so my take on the American dream was, I believe America, you know, at the time I, 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 I did and I still do believe we are the best country um, for a couple reasons related to entrepreneurship. Uh, maybe not in other facets, but the ability to start and grow a business, the, the opportunities that we have to do international business, being in America and working with other countries and other people uh, it's very powerful and it's it's very impactful as well. And you see people doing it all the time. And and that's really what we've come into with the gig economy and the entrepreneurship economy that is, is growing right now. So I'm, I'm not really big into corporate or big business or even big startups. I'm more about like people who want to build a company around what they enjoy and what they're passionate about. And it doesn't need to be a multi-million dollar company. It could just be a company that makes them money and allows them to live the lifestyle they want. Yeah, uh, I respect that. My my final question is something that you do with foundation. Um, and it's every year, I believe, um, with your breast cancer, the, the organization that you're affiliated with. My mom has breast cancer, um, had has had breast cancer three times now after being told that for the most part, it's gone. Uh, it's gone, and so breast cancer is a, a, is something that's near and dear to my heart. And so, I'd love to hear your your beliefs on uh, why you are affiliating yourself and doing such an incredible, amazing things for breast cancer. I believe you do it once a year in November. I could be wrong, but would love to just hear your involvement and why it's important to you. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's, that's rough. We should definitely talk more about that. You know, three times is that's, that's three times too many. So absolutely with, uh, I guess a quick backstory on it. So I ran through a really rough patch of my life and I don't want to make this about me at all, but I, I was working for Google. What was that? Four years ago now. And, uh, I was out in Ann Arbor, Michigan, like far away from my family and friends and everything. And, um, I actually started like building my agency on the side and I wasn't necessarily allowed to, and I got in trouble and this and that, and they ended up letting me go. And it was completely devastating to me. You know, it, it's, I didn't want to stay there for a long time. You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur or whatever, but it caught me by surprise and it was, it was devastating to me. And meanwhile, I had another phone repair company I started on the side too. So I had like the agency I had just started. I had the phone repair company that I was building on the side using the local SEO and stuff we're talking about, which I ended up selling. And I had a, a watch startup company with a couple other guys and um, I got fired. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to focus on the other things. And then right at that same time, 
the watch guys were like, Hey, you know, we have a different of opinions. We're taking a different approach. You know, we want to buy you out. And we went back and forth. It got ugly. And so like, that was like strike number two for me. And then a week after that, um, my mom came down with breast cancer and she, you know, she, she brought that up to me and I was just completely devastated from, from every end. And, uh, she was like, don't worry about me. Like, just figure out you, like, I'm going to be okay. And that to me was just the most empowering thing that I'd ever heard. Um, you know, it chokes me up just even thinking about it because that's, that's really when I got my start and that really pushed me through it. And, and, you know, we need to really embrace and be there for the people who, you know, say those things to us and care about us so much. Um, and those are our mothers, you know, our daughters, our sisters, our aunts. And so uh, last year was the first year that I wanted to do something to give back because, you know, things were going well for me then. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm building these companies and, and my mom had just uh, uh, been out of, she, she uh, had just, you know, been cured and was in remission and, and like, was doing well. And I wanted to give back and raise some money. So we, we teamed up with breastcancer.org and my friend Shana Steigerwald, who runs uh, Modern Driven Media, another agency in the city. Her mom was affected as well as some other friends and, and everyone. So we we teamed up with breastcancer.org and created sort of a millennial gala and started raising money. And so we've done that for two years now, you know, every October. It was a way to like, it was right around our, our birthdays and we wanted to celebrate our birthdays, but then we were like, let's do something more impactful. So we got our moms involved and made some videos and did some really cool stuff. And we didn't raise a lot of money yet. You know, we're maybe fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 just from like donations and ticket sales, but you know, every bit counts and we're happy to help. Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, kudos for you. That's so awesome to hear that. And I hope that it implores other people to, um, to not only work extremely hard, not only think about local SEO in order to make money for your business, but at the end of the day, we're all humans and we have to give back in some capacity um, because we're blessed with, whatever it may be, whether it's um, good fortune, whether it's good, good community, uh, whatever it is for you. So um, Mac, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk about local SEO, to talk about your, your personal things. It truly means a lot. Um, Can you tell everybody a little bit more about where they could find you um, be a part of your business, maybe get their phone repaired if they're ever in Philly, find your agency, whatever it may be. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please share, uh, if you care about SEO or small business or breast cancer, uh, you know, where they can find me. And one thing real quick I'd like to add is if you're an entrepreneur and you feel stuck and you, and you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place and you feel like there's no outlet and nothing to do, you know, there's a lot of mental stress and anxiety and, and there's people who care about you. You're never stuck. It's never too late to press the restart button. You can always do that. Just make sure you have a good base of people around you. You can find me online. I run Momentum Digital, a digital marketing agency. Focus on SEO. We're at Need Momentum on Instagram. Uh, or you can just find us online, needmomentum.com. Or Phone Repair Philly, at Phone Repair Philly. Or just Google us. That's how people find us. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all the links will be in the show notes. So if somebody does want to reach out or contact you directly, it will all be there. Uh, again, Mac, thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Mac Frederick. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge 
that this week I'd like you to take a look at your to-do list for the day or for the week or for the following day, whatever it may be. Look at it deeply and think to yourself, is there anything on this list that if I don't do it today, my business will be fine? Focus on the things that truly matter and the things that move boulders, not pebbles. And when you do, tweet me at J or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment on this week's episode. You can find more about Mac at phonerepairphilly.com or needmomentum.com. All these will be in the show notes, so you can check them out there. And as for me, you can check out Penji at penji.co if you need on-demand graphic design support for your business and head over to our podcast website, which is tbeshow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world if you could share this with your friend or share it all over the interwebs. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.